everybody, and this is Tekla Wright. I'm your host for Tech Talks Podcast, and here today we will be having a guest on the podcast, and her name is Betty, Betty Parquet, and she is a friend of James's mom. Um, they go to the same church, and that's how I'm connected with her. We will be listening to her story and her testimony of God's love through a hardship. Her hardship is abortion that she experienced herself and how God has redeemed her and has um, just carried her through some of these uh, really difficult circumstances. And we will be talking with her in just a bit. All right, everybody, I have Betty and she is going to talk about her uh, testimony. And would you like to say hello? Hello. All right. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So we honestly haven't really technically met, but we have um, become, I guess you can call it like text buddies. Yeah, that's what I would call it. Yeah. (laughs) Like one of these days I'm going to meet you face to face. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to give you a big hug. Yeah. so just to kind of give you a, um, a backstory about how our relationship kind of started. It started through my husband's mom, and they both go to church and everything like that. And, um, well, his mom just kept talking about her and how she's really in tune and with God, and she's she prays and all this stuff. And Honestly, you're going to have to remind me how we got started because I know it was prayer and texting. Yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, so that's kind of funny that you say that because your mother used to call me Uber. <laughs> your mother-in-law, because I'm Uber, and and one of these, and then eventually, um, uh, after a couple of years of knowing them, I think she probably looked at her, her husband Bob and said, "You know, we're Uber too." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it's just so much in love with the Lord, yeah. And, um, yeah, Connie and I were talking outside on a summer day and, and all that. And I think she was telling me about you and your, um, last pregnancy and all. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, relaying information to her, you know, tell, tell, tell Tecla this, tell her that, Uh, tell her not to be afraid. uh, Tell her uh, I was 47 uh, when I had my last baby and not to worry, you know, and then at that point, um, we just exchanged, you know, Connie said enough of this. I'm then being the middleman and gave us our, you know, the phone numbers to exchange. And we just started texting and praying for each other ever since. Yeah. 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 It's been, it's been really good. Yeah. Um, so you guys, I didn't know her story until I uh, read some posts through Facebook on, on, to be honest, I, Connie didn't really share a whole lot. She just kind of shared, um, basically what you just said. So I, I, I have followed a little bit of, of your, um, post and stuff and I've read it and it's, it's touched me in a, in a dear way, um, so would you like to kind of just start, I guess, from the beginning, your testimony um, with all of us? Okay. So um, uh, specifically, uh, we're going to talk about then, um, uh, well, first off, let me say I'm, I am 58, and I am going back uh, at least 40 years okay. and, and more. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I grew up um, in a conservative Baptist home, mm-hmm. and um, we had, you know, good morals, good values, and all of that. Believed in the sanctity of life and and all. But I I was a very uh, insecure and very fearful young girl, um, mm-hmm. and uh, an introvert. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I'd call myself now an, an introverted extrovert or vice versa. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's funny because I was just at a woman's small group tonight and a lot of us were sort of saying, I don't know, because it depends on the situation. Um, mm-hmm. When I lead a small group, I'm pretty good at leading. But when I'm in the small group, I'm pretty good at just listening. And I'm more, it just depends on what role God puts me in. Um, But I like to be quiet as well um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just think a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like to listen and be a people person, just kind of, um, you know, just just watching people. I find them so interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always, and I always want to know their stories, right? Right. You know, I'm like um, that too. Some of them, yeah, and you can see it. You can see it in their face, like, oh, that person's got a story to tell. And I wish yeah. I knew how to approach that, right? Right, <laughs> but, right. Mm-hmm. And maybe they want to tell, and they need they need an ear, but um, but we don't always. Uh, we're not we're not always blessed with those conversations we would like to have. But I trust that God puts the right people in our lives, and mm-hmm. hopefully, we're listening, and we can hear, and we can tell, and tell our stories, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why you asked me. <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted to hear more in depth of my story, um, other than Facebook posts. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, so I, I, I mean, I really wanted to socialize and have friends, but I, I was just like I said, a very fearful kid, um, and I didn't really. I was very socially awkward. Let's put it that way. Um, so. So in those insecurities, I I went off to college and um, feeling very lonely. Mm -hmm. And instead of um, pursuing God as I should and looking to him to heal me and heal me with relationships, Mm -hmm. um, I looked towards men. And, um, and I really did want a, a relationship with God. I really, not just a personal relationship, I want an intimate relationship, right? We should all want intimacy with our creator because that's how much he knows us, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, down to the bone and the marrow and the sinew <laughs> and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we should be seeking that from him. But I didn't realize... Um, because I guess I didn't give myself that importance or that value. I didn't mm. realize he, he looked at me that way. Um, mm. And uh, so I, so I sought that uh, comfort through men right. and all, and became very sexually active in college. Now, that just had a snowball effect, mm-hmm. right? Because now I'm feeling even worse about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could never be enough. I could never be... Um, every every failed relationship is my fault, mm-hmm. is how I felt. Mm-hmm. And 
and and then you just are selling yourself short and you're being promiscuous and you're drinking more and mm-hmm. at least I was mm-hmm. um that just is typically the the consequences of living this way right you're seeking to like self-medicate right and to numb yourself and mm-hmm. to feel it's funny you want to feel something and you don't want to feel something at the same time right that makes sense oh yeah yeah, I mean, I want to feel what it is to be truly loved, mm-hmm. but I don't want to feel all those failed attempts, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, uh, so I left college. Um, I dropped out of college after just over a year, and came home, and I didn't have any skills, um, and uh, so I, I went to work in manual labor and um, continued in this very destructive, you know, um, way of living Mm -hmm. and, um, became involved with the man who was, um, abusive to me. Mm. And I was in that relationship for two years. And the reason I stayed for so long Mm -hmm. because I really wanted out and I knew it was wrong. Um, but I stayed for so long because, uh, I, I didn't think I was worth loving or that anybody else would love me. Oh, wow. And and when I tried to leave him, mm-hmm. his his typical answer was, "You'll just go back to the gutter I picked you out of." Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, <laughs> but I man. believed it. You know, that's that's just where my my um, mental state was, my mm-hmm. emotional and mental state. I mm-hmm. I believed that, and so I stayed. So during that time. <clears throat> I became pregnant, and this was, um, you know, within the first year of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And now, like I said, I grew up in a conservative home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and in fact, back in high school, I was appalled at the thought of abortion or abortion becoming legal, because it wasn't at that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was very naive. I, I really was not educated not at home, not by my mom or anyone, um, about, um, sexuality Mm -hmm. and, um, about how the body works and the beauty of it. And so when, when they were, I would, I want to say they, when, uh, the father was convincing me, Mm -hmm. um, to have an abortion, he was telling me that this was, you're not really pregnant. Like it's pre-pregnancy cells that are just forming. It's just, you know, that what they used to say, a clump of tissue hmm. and all. And I thought, well, you know, people know more than I do. And I'm pretty ignorant. So maybe that's true. Hmm. Um, and be, and it, And you kind of want to... Again, not that I wanted this, but you kind of are looking for any kind of a safety net. I really thought that if my if my family knew, and I never did tell them, mm-hmm. but if they knew, I would I would lose the last little thread of love mm. that I thought I might have with them. But the the relationships were rocky anyway. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't want to lose that. Wow. And I so I was very again, you know, this fearful girl was growing up into a fearful young lady. <laughs> <laughs> and making decisions based off of fear. 
mm-hmm. which is exactly what Satan does, is that yep. he wants to keep us isolated, rooted, and yeah. yes, and isolated in fear. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what God does not want for us. Mm-hmm. He's constantly telling us in scripture to not be afraid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but But we do, in difficult situations, give in to fear. And so, mm-hmm. so anyway, I, I did go ahead and go uh, with this man to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and I, during the procedure and, and afterwards left, like if, if this was only tissue, why do I feel so horrible? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. and I, I felt dead to myself I felt now more worthless than ever. Um, and I thought, now surely God is so far removed from me. Oh, you know, wow. how could he ever forgive me? Mm-hmm. And, and so I continued to stay in this relationship. Um, and it was probably six months later, if not sooner, uh, that I became pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And I do want to I do want to say that this abortion facility did um, give me a prescription for contraception, um, and that failed. Hmm. And um, and of course, you know, if you go to a Planned Parenthood or somewhere like that, they know that these things are going to fail, hmm. and they kind of count on it <laughs> because they know that then you will be back. Oh and they gosh. will pressure you into an abortion. Wow. It's, it is a big, big money thing for them. I mean, oh condoms fail and prescriptions fail and, mm-hmm. and they're not good for the woman's body anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people don't know is that um, some of the, the oral contraceptives are abortifacients. And so they wouldn't even know that if they were pregnant. Because then it would the, the pregnancy would fail um, early on in pregnancy, and they they might not even know they were pregnant, mm-hmm. and then and that this um, oral contraception created an abortion. They wouldn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, this failed, and I found myself going back again. But I wasn't even I wasn't even taking any convincing. Hmm. Um, because I was numb. Yeah. I, I, I was so numb and I, I was bet. just, all I, I remember thinking is just like, I cannot believe that I'm here again. I mm-hmm. can't believe I'm here again and that this is happening. Um, so I, so I went to the same abortion facility and I was being examined by the doctor, the abortionist. And he said, um, I can't do this. You're too far along. <gasps> Oh, my goodness. And I said, what? And he said, oh, no, it's just a big baby. Tecla, that's the first time anybody ever told me I had a baby. Oh, my gosh. Right? Before that, they're convincing me it's like pre-pregnancy, tissues, whatever. Now he's telling me I have a big baby. Oh, my goodness. And I'm I'm like, I'm, I'm shocked. I am shocked. Hmm. And he he starts the, the the abortion procedure. The fog is lifting <laughs> from my my brain, and I told him to stop. I yelled at him to stop. <sighs> I don't want this. I'm crying. Stop. I don't oh want this. Oh my goodness. 
He said, shut up. <sighs> he said, be quiet. He tells the nurse, hold her down, calm her down, keep her quiet. It's too late. He was so angry. Oh, my goodness. He refused to stop. Mm. And I had no way out. Oh, bless your heart. And, yeah, it... <laughs> It's horrible. It's just, it's just horrible, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's, there is no good that comes from this. There is no relief that mm-hmm. comes from this. There's, there wasn't the first time. There certainly wasn't the second. Now, now I see mm-hmm. with clarity mm-hmm. what I have done. I knew I felt horrible before. Mm-hmm. Now I see with clarity, and I can't get out of it. Mm. So. Um, so I, I, I left there very broken, very broken, but, uh, and I desired forgiveness, but I didn't, uh, think I was forgivable. I thought I was damned. I thought, you know, I, this is what happens when you hurt a child of God, right? This beautiful, precious gift. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I am utterly lost. Hmm. So I did, I did get away from this guy, but not because, sadly, not because I suddenly got my life all back together. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet it was, it, but I needed out of it and I did know it, but I continued in and out of failing and destructive relationships with men. And that is really a very common side effect of women um, who've had abortions, they, there's, there, um, there's an increase in alcohol abuse or drug abuse, failed relationships. If they've been in the marriage when it happened or engaged, maybe, um, typically they end up divorced or separated mm-hmm. because that pain of the abortion is always in between them. Um, there, I, I'm not going to say that, that God can't, heal every situation and I know people mm-hmm. that he has but but those are few um but uh um anyway just carry on with my story um I in 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 the depths of my heart and soul I always cried out to God I often I mean I would come home drunk and I would cry out to God I just can't mm-hmm. live this way I can't live this way right mm-hmm. Um, and there were so many triggers. There's, mm-hmm. there's the, the, there is a very real um, post-traumatic stress of women who've had abortions. And mm. for me, one of the triggers was I, I cannot go into any, it, usually it's a doctor's office that has the drop white ceilings, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, false ceilings. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I was hyper focusing on at the oh, time of my abortions. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. go to a dentist, go to a doctor anytime. It takes me right back there, mm-hmm. um, and that is the trigger for me. There's other triggers too. For, uh, everybody, some pe- some women get angry when they vacuum their home. They don't want to clean their home. They can't vacuum because the sound reminds them of the suction machine. Oh my gosh! And they're not even connecting the two. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. Mm-hmm. To to say one good thing about these triggers, it tells us that something is wrong. 
Hmm. I mean, if if, an, if if abortion was a good the way society wants to sell it to us, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't be having these triggers wow. that says something is deeply wrong inside us at the core. Mm-hmm. And if we keep ignoring them and just get angry and push them aside, then they'll control us. Mm. But if we can say, if we can get to the bottom of why we right. have those triggers and go ahead and grieve it, Mm-hmm. then that, that begins the healing process. But that means we have to say, there's something I did, there's something I'm accountable for, mm-hmm. and, and, and I have to go through uh, a good, proper um, method of healing, of, of confessing my sin, mm-hmm. of, and receiving God's grace. Because oftentimes there's the... I know that God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself mentality. Right. That's very, very common. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can get to a little bit of that later, maybe, if I can remember, mm-hmm. of, a, of a very particular part in, in, in God bringing healing to me um, in regards to that. But uh, anyway, to carry on with my story, or this podcast is going to last like two hours long. <laughs> I know. I understand. <laughs> no, this has been precious. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so uh, it, it, some years later, like maybe eight to ten years later mm-hmm. after these abortions and in and out of failed relationships, I finally got to a point where I said, God, I cannot do this anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And I did get some counseling, um, and I was in it for about two years, and it was a whole year into that counseling before I even said to this counselor that I'd had abortions. And she she kind of made me back up. Like, I was just kind of putting it out there as a fact and carrying on with, the, I don't know what. She goes, wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? Mm. I said, yeah, I... I've had an abortion. We've talked about this. And she says, oh, no, we haven't. Hmm. Really? <laughs> She's like, no, we haven't. We're going to talk a lot about this. Oh, wow. So so that was the beginning. I'm not... The, the, the counseling that I got from her, there was some really good counseling that came out of it, really good help that came out of it, but not all of it was was right on the mark. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very helpful. And, and then during this time, I met um, who would be my future husband, hmm. who was a godsend. Yeah. What a blessing he is. Yeah. Um, he understood more than anybody my need to grieve my children. Oh, wow. Bless his heart. Yeah, because the world says... Mm-hmm. You have nothing to grieve. This is your right. Why can't you get over it? There must be something else wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. And make you feel guilty all over again. <laughs> like there's something mm-hmm. else wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they refuse to hear your grief. Mm-hmm. And then you're holding this inside because you're afraid of people that you love around you. If they knew what I did, mm-hmm. they would hate me. You know, they would never forgive me. Yeah. And so there's this silent scream that's inside just kind of welling up and and all this grief that has nowhere to go. 
and mm. and it has to go somewhere safely, right? Because you can't yeah, just absolutely. talk to anybody. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so he was really helpful in that because it, when the triggers would come, he understood and let me cry. Right? Mm-hmm. He never, he never shamed me into yeah. Yeah. feeling like there was something more wrong with me. Why don't you get over it? Right. He extended um, Christ to you in, oh, in human flesh kind of form. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, later on we got married and we had, um, we had a son and uh, my, all my children have been a sense of um, God's love and mercy mm-hmm. to me and, and a bit of that healing. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects your parenting. Uh, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly thought I was not um, fit to be called mother or mommy or <laughs> because um, yeah. my son, his first words were about my horse. <laughs> I would take him out to the barn riding with me, and and that was very therapeutic thing for me to do. Is my my horse's riding has always been very therapeutic, so I brought him out to the barn with me, and he would ride in front of me. And his first words, my horse's name was Louie, and his first words were Trot Blue. <laughs> and I should have been really happy that he was sharing this really fun. <laughs> love of horse riding with me, right? Mm-hmm. But instead I went home and cried because oh. I thought, and I said, God, I don't deserve to be called mom, right? Oh, man. So, so this is affecting my parenting mm-hmm. and, and, I, and also parenting out of fear because I don't want my kids to make the same mistakes that I have made. Yeah. Right? I, right. I never want that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I did start volunteering at... Um, a crisis pregnancy center. Um, I do want to say that crisis pregnancy center, let's, let me go back and say that it was called, um, the care center Mm -hmm. crisis pregnancy centers is what we used to call them back Mm -hmm. 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they were there to help people. There was one in my area at the times when I needed it during those first two pregnancies. I thought they were places that just referred for abortion because it said crisis. And I'm thinking, what pregnancy should be a crisis? This is how naive I was, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And maybe if I had gone and talked to them, I might have gotten the help that I really desperately wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so happy to know <laughs> these names of places are changing mm-hmm. and they no longer call them that. Um, the, the one in our town is called First Step. Um hmm. Women's Center, it's wonderful. It's taking that step, each step along the way mm-hmm. with a woman. It's so beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, now where was I? I? went down rabbit hole, Tecla. Help me back. <laughs> well, you're talking about how you didn't feel worthy to be called a mom. Okay. And okay, you're yes. about to step into how God was going to meet you. Yeah, so I suppose. I started volunteering, right. I started uh-huh. volunteering at this um, Pregnancy Resource Center. And the lady there encouraged me. I, I shared with her a little bit of my story, and she encouraged me to speak um, to people. And I'm like, well, I've never done that before. I hate talking in front of people. <laughs> and she says, well, we have people talk, call here on occasion and ask if we have someone who will speak. And I've got a, 
wow. name of a, a church in the area, would you be willing to talk to their teenagers? And I'm like, really? <laughs> so I prayed about it, thought mm-hmm, about it, and mm-hmm. I said, okay, Lord. You know, I, I was in the I was making deals during that time <laughs> with the Lord, right? I'll do this if you'll do Right. So, um, yeah, so I said, okay, I'm not going to do him any convincing. I'm not going to give a sales pitch mm-hmm. to talk. I will call the number given. I'll tell them what I have to say. And if they want it, fine. If they don't, <laughs> I'm not going out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I called and, and spoke to this youth minister and he very graciously extended an invitation to have me talk to his youth group. Wow. That was the first time I spoke to any group of people. And there was, there was a couple of my friends from a Bible study that were with me that just came as moral support mm-hmm. for, to, to that I had told them my story before, but they were there mm-hmm. um, for me. And it was just beautiful. Um, but I, I didn't, uh, I didn't carry on. It's not like at that point I started speaking to more and more groups or anything like that. That, that was then. And at that point, I really just felt like I, I was asking God, "You do whatever you want with this. I know that you can take anything, and you can make blessings, right? Mm-hmm. I can give you all of this pain." from my past and you can do something good with it. I'm willing to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was enough at the time that I would just speak to one person at a time and share my story. Mm-hmm. And quite often there was some pain within them that needed to be revealed as well. And that, that makes a person feel safe, right? Like mm-hmm. I can trust this person because they've just exposed one of the most right. difficult times of their soul. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was really just sharing one-on-one with people. Mm-hmm. And I was becoming more emboldened to let people around me, you know, who knew me, know me. Like, mm-hmm. this is what you're getting. And it's not because this defines me. Mm-hmm. It's because God's mercy mm-hmm. defines me, right? Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. he wants to make of me. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's the beauty of it. Like Paul says, like, he, he doesn't, doesn't want to boast, but he if he boasts, mm-hmm. he, he boasts on about Christ. Yeah. Amen. And yeah, so that's what I want to do. <laughs> right. Right. Most about everything he's done in my life. So let me ask you, kind of going back to the whole mom thing, how did God um, remove some of that guilt and shame so that you can accept being called a mom? You know, <sighs> This is such a deep, deep wound mm-hmm. that the healing takes time over years, mm-hmm. little bits at a time. And we can't take all of it at once, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it wasn't really until my my boys were older. Mm-hmm. Um they had and 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 the, and the healing that was coming um, was gradual over you know little bits here right. and there right and mm-hmm. I and I kept kind of church hopping and confessing to <laughs> the minister <laughs> you know every two years I would do that and mm-hmm. and it just wasn't enough for me mm-hmm. but um, but I was getting it out more and and I and I told God you can use this however you want 
But if you want me to speak to more people, my kids have to know. And I don't want, I'm not going to set up a time like, oh, at this age, I'm going to sit them down and tell them, right? Mm -hmm. God, you need to set up that date and time whenever you say the time is right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he has really blessed me with some, you know, fine young men that are, are, I think it's going through the struggles Mm -hmm. um, of parenthood Mm -hmm. uh, that has (laughs) gradually (laughs) brought, yeah, (laughs) brings brings a lot of healing about, right? My prayer life increases as well. Mm -hmm. My husband is still continuing to be merciful to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't until they were uh, teenagers Hmm. and, and they found out, now let me back up a minute because I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, I had my daughter when I was 47. And when I was pregnant with her, I had a sonogram. And <laughs> it was the most beautiful image of, it was an entire body side view image. And she looked like she was kneeling down in prayer. She had her head bowed and her hands together and on her knees. And like, this child is praying. How sweet. (laughs) It was so cute. Oh, I'm sure. But I was, I really prayed a lot over that image because there was a lot coming back to me then, right? That Mm -hmm. I was thinking about all of the reasons why anybody would have an abortion, would mm-hmm. I ever say there's any reason why it's okay? Mm-hmm. And I and I had to answer that there's n- no reason. I mean, I would never, ever do that Yeah. again. I mean, I knew I would never do it again anyway after the second one mm-hmm. and how traumatic that was. Yeah. But looking at all those other reasons, I could never say it would be okay. Right. There's right. this image of this child kneeling <clears throat> right in, mm-hmm. in my womb, really in this garden mm-hmm. and it brought to me this, the, I don't know. I now, okay. I've never written before that point. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly I have this big poem <laughs> mm. that's all come out because of this image that I see you mm-hmm. in the garden of my womb, kneeling in prayer, mm. but your prayers are not for yourself, mm. but for your, your your brothers and sisters and their gardens and their Gethsemanes, mm. right? Because they're not mm-hmm. safe. They should be safe, hmm. and they're not safe. Mm-mm-mm. So I so I looked at all of that. I reflected on all of that, and I thought, no, there isn't any reason why I would ever do that again. So mm-hmm. that poem actually got published in a literary journal, which is really crazy to me. How ironic for this high school dropout. <laughs> I mean, not high school, sorry, college dropout. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that, that, that is suddenly, you know, I have this publication. Hmm. Um, but I had to write under a pen name mm-hmm. because, again, I didn't want my children to know until God's time. Mm-hmm. And at that point, my boys had not found out yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if you're familiar with the March for Life in Washington D.C. every year in January. No, I I don't know that. Okay, there is this huge 
Mm -hmm. um, coming together of youth and families and all of that. Uh, and it, it, it's it's near near at least uh, the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and they come into Washington, and these are the most wonderful, beautiful, prayerful protesters <laughs> you'd ever want to see. And the news doesn't want to tell you about them, um, hmm. but there's hundreds of thousands, and they and they 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 march for life and they pray, and it's. A beautiful thing. Wow. Well, I went on that um, mm -hmm. back, let's see, about 14 years ago, I want to say. And it was a very, now that was a very healing time for me. Mm -hmm. um, now, at the time now, I, I'd become Catholic. Mm -hmm. And uh, my priest was along on the trip. And, of course, he knew um, my story. Mm -hmm. And he saw the struggle that I was going through, but that it was important for me to be there. Mm. And he gave me an anointing of the sick. Hmm. And I knew at that time, um, just a moment, I have a daughter calling me. Hang on one second. Just this, is, this is life, everybody. We, we, we're moms, and this is what happens in mom life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of my children mm. and I felt the presence of God the Father oh, saying wow. to me my child I want you healed of this oh, that's, it, that's beautiful it gives, it gives me chills again that just <laughs> oh my gosh I mean yeah. I don't have no words <laughs> yeah well well, thinking of, think about that because I could I, it was God the Father who I think I, I had this false sense of condemnation, right? Mm -hmm. but, but my father, Abba, wants mm. me healed. I'm his mm -hmm. child. And I wasn't seeing myself that way. Here's, this, here's the look, glimpse of that intimacy mm -hmm. that he wants to have with us, right? And I mm -hmm. wasn't getting that. Mm -hmm. I got it then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was loud and clear. Mm -hmm. um, so a couple of years after this, my uh, older son went on the same march uh, with a busload of kids from our town. Mm -hmm. And I think it was after he was maybe the second time he had gone. He might have been 15 or 16 years old. And he came back from it, and this conversation started up. It was just the two of us standing in the kitchen. I can still see it. Hmm. And um, he, was, he was telling me a story about somebody else um, and, and a relationship, a young man and a young woman and all of that. And just some, I think she had a son and he was so impressed at how much this young man, he wanted to marry her and adopt her child and how beautiful all of that was, right? Because mm -hmm. she had had this child, I think, in high school. Anyway, that conversation just kind of kept unfolding and unfolding. And I could just, I'm like, okay, Lord, is this the time? Is this mm -hmm. what I need to tell him? Mm -hmm. And uh, and, it, and it was. And the conversation kind of turned to, you know, because he's, he's thinking of, like, 
men and women and intimacy and relationships prior to somebody you love and what you need to forgive and get through, right? It was all that kind of thing in this conversation. Hmm. Said, could you, could you, could you love somebody like that? You know, I'm asking my son. Well, yeah, I would hope so. Hmm. Well, what if she had chosen to have an abortion? Mm. Could you love her then? Could you forgive her? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I, I, I hope so, Mom. And they said, well, wow. can you forgive me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's how oh. it Wow. Wow, and Betty. He was pretty quiet, and I just, I'm crying. My back was to him. I just couldn't even look at I him. I bet. And he just came over to me and he gave me a hug. Mm. He just gave me a hug, you know, and mm. told me he loved me. Mm. And he never asked questions. He He's a very deep soul, deep mm-hmm. thinker, mm-hmm. and he doesn't ask a lot, and it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now my other son <laughs> asks a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> And it was the same situation with him. He had gone on the March for Life, and now this is a couple years later. But now he sees, he comes back from it, and now he sees on my shelf, he happens to find this publication hmm. that has this poem in it mm-hmm. with this person with a pen name that hmm. he now has found out, mm-hmm. like, I've been writing under a pen name. <laughs> he has found this out. <laughs> oh, Mom, oh. <laughs> look what I found. Here's another person who writes, and she has the same name as you. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my Lord. Oh, Here we go funny. again. Is that's this funny. it? This is the time, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I was like, no, that that's not somebody else. That's me. Oh, wow. <laughs> You've been published. Can I read it? Oh, no, Lord, not now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now, right? So, yeah. yeah, he read it, and again, he was just this instrument, this conduit of God's mercy. Oh, that's, that's um, awesome. It was wonderful. That's just awesome. wonderful. Awesome, awesome. So, all these things have been incredibly healing to me and bringing me much deeper mm-hmm. in in that healing process that God wants. It's mm-hmm. not enough for God. It's It's to him... Yes, he can he can forgive us, but that's not enough. He wants more. He wants to heal us to the very core of whatever the wound is. Mm-hmm. And, but he's a gentleman, and he's going to wait for us to say Amen. yes. That's so true. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my son had just found out, and very shortly after that. And he's very creative um, and and wanted to put some things to film. Now, he's wondering at this particular time, what is God's mercy? What does it really mean? Because he's at this young age, teenage, where he wants to question the things on his own and know things, you know, and own them himself, not Mm -hmm. just because mom and dad say. Right. So he's asking people around town and putting it on film, what is mercy? What does that mean to you? What does the church say about it? Hmm. Interviewed all sorts of people. And now he says, Mom, I need, uh, like, personal stories. I I need someone who will talk about, you know, 
mercy in action. Will you tell your story? Like, oh man, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I bet you. God's reminding you. Remember what you told me that you said, <laughs> "Have my way." Well. Are you willing? <laughs> Absolutely. I know. He challenges me like that all the time. <laughs> right. I know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I said, sure, I would do that. And um, so it's, it's on film. And then uh, I, I had told my priest about it. And he says, what are you going to do with it? I said, hmm. well, I don't know. He's going to put it on YouTube or something. And, <laughs> you know, some channel. Oh, no, no, no you can get this out to a much wider audience. Like hmm. somebody who knows what they're doing needs to handle this. And like, I don't know anybody <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, you know, thanks be to Facebook, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a good thing. And you put out a note, hey, we need somebody, you know, in this kind of business. And somebody says, I know somebody. And, and one like, thing leads oh. to another. And are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. This was edited and put out all over the world in January during the March for Life of 2018. Wow. It's it called, um, yeah, it's called Mercy Discovering God's Love. Yeah. I remember actually and, watching it and I, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, yeah, when you say yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Right. Because you don't know what God's going to do, what his plans are. And even if it's something that only touches one soul, Uh, that's okay. I know. Because that's one soul that's been saved, right? Mm -hmm. But but he might do something pretty big with it, too. You don't, Mm -hmm. I mean, well, um, not that one soul is not big. (laughs) It's huge. (laughs) Right. Um, I get you. I get what you're saying. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But, but I... Before that happened, before that was uh, aired, mm-hmm. I had to tell my daughter. Mm. Now, at the time, she was only nine years old. Hmm. And, and that was breaking my heart because <laughs> it was hard to tell my sons. I thought it would be even harder to tell my daughter. Um, but she had to know from me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't allow something to happen where accidentally someone was talking you know, about it, and she overheard, or somehow she found out mm-hmm. from anyone other than me. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband was there with me when I when we told her, and hmm. um, and my son was there with me, and and she again was incredibly merciful. I I can't get over these blessings over and over again mm-hmm. that God has graced me with because yeah. um, I could never have imagined it this way. They're like, ever. They're like a, because, yeah, they're like a reflection of his face to uh, you. Yeah. 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 And, and, and again, Satan wants us rooted in that fear. Oh no. Mm-hmm. What if they know? What if, mm-hmm. you know, what'll they, which is, is, is um, binding us. Mm-hmm. Right in that fear it, mm-hmm. and it keeps us bound and shackled so that we are not free to experience mm-hmm. his graces, his mercy, his healing to the depths that he wants mm-hmm. for us. So, um, so after this all came out <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was aired all over, um, 
then, and then I think it was the following year, I was asked to help uh, make some phone calls, right, for the 40 Days for Life campaign, which is 40 days of prayer and fasting, peaceful prayer hmm. outside of Planned Parenthood or any abortion facility for the 40 days of Lent. And it's it's like entering into that prayer and the sacrifice when as Jesus goes out in the desert, the 40 days of that or, mm-hmm. you know, the 40 years in the desert of um, the Israelites being cleansed and purged of mm-hmm. um, the idolatry from Egypt and all of that. Right. So we're entering into that 40 days and praying for an end to abortion. We pray for the conversion of the abortion workers because they need God's mercy, too. Mm -hmm. They need Mm -hmm. to know God's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, We pray that as people are going in, that they would change their minds. And some have. Mm -hmm. And for those who are coming out, I want to be that conduit of mercy and offering them um, a way of information on grieving or to say, you know, I've been in your shoes, please let me help you. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so anyway, I, I did help with that. Um, I thought it would be, uh, making a few phone calls that turned out to be something much larger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thankfully it was great. It was really great. I got out to talk to some church groups at that point, mm-hmm. um, a couple hundred people at a time instead of just a youth group, mm-hmm. you know, kind mm-hmm. of a deal. And, uh, and that, went off really well. And so then last September, we had our annual Right to Life uh, fundraiser banquet, and they asked me to be the keynote speaker. Hmm. So I I did give my talk then, and it was probably a, I don't know, 40-minute talk, something <laughs> like that. And they put my they, they put my writings together, because since that one poem, I have written quite a bit more now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh, they, they put a bunch of my pro-life things into a booklet that they gave everybody. And um, so here I am, you That's, know, talking to you and yep. <laughs> giving some interviews and, you know. <laughs> well, listen, girl, it's been a good almost 50 minutes on here, which, oh my. <laughs> which is awesome. I usually try to stay within the boundaries of 30 minutes, but I couldn't stop you. I, d- I felt, I honestly felt like God was saying, just let her f- just let her fly. <laughs> and so I was like, just have at it, you know. This is his podcast anyway. Um, so we probably should wrap it up, but I am okay. so grateful and honored to have you on here and talking to um, me and to whoever is listening. And um, thank you so much. This was such a blessing to me, and it's enlightened me to see how important it is to be a listener and how important it is to allow people to grieve what mm-hmm. they've lost and to mm-hmm. be understanding um, and yeah. not come at a judgmental kind of way, which a lot of sure. church people are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate how you thoroughly explain how God was not ashamed of you. He, Mm -hmm. he, he took you by the, like he, he took out his arm, basically what I'm trying to say, and gave you that (laughs) hug and pulled you close to him. Oh yeah. And I, I think that's just such a beautiful Mm -hmm. story that Mm -hmm. he, he wants to draw us close to him and. Oh, sure. And that's, 
I just applaud this this testimony. Oh, thank you, Tecla. Yeah. You know, it sounds really funny for me to say my pleasure because when you're telling a story of that pain, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. that it's it, it's not a pleasurable thing, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it is it is such a freedom to be able to give my story, mm-hmm. to say yes to mm-hmm. God wherever he asks, mm-hmm. knowing that he's going to use it. And if this touches one soul mm-hmm. and, and helps that healing process begin with just mm-hmm. one person, mm-hmm. all for his glory. I am so Amen. thankful for that. So Amen. thankful. And can I give one little plug? If anybody is listening mm-hmm. that needs healing from a, abortion, there is a closed face, Facebook group mm-hmm. that's private of only post-abortive women that are there to grieve Mm. and to help each other through. And it's called PATH, Post-Abortion Transformation and Healing. Okay. And it, like I said, it's closed, it's private. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody's allowed on that that should not be there. <laughs> we have women <laughs> from all over the world. And wow. it's so great to be able, like you said, to be a listener, mm-hmm. to listen to other people mm-hmm. and to offer them encouragement and healing. And it's, and it's, and That's, it's all faith based and right. Water, awesome. one by, run by a wonderful Christian woman. So we're oh, to cool. get out and get yeah. to, um, you know, there's, I, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Is it revealing the secret? I think is one of the studies that helps post-supportive women and also Rachel's vineyard which is an amazing retreat weekend that I help with. So, okay. Well, don't be afraid. That's my message. Don't be afraid. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing the information. And oh, you're um, thank you, Tecla. All right. We're going to sign off. Thank you so much.